Welcome to another episode of OTXNT, which stands for Old Testament, Christ, New Testament. Two men, two degrees, Old Testament and New Testament. Listen to Dr. Andrew Marquez and Dr. Benjamin Pate begin a discussion on topics that you and I should probably be thinking about from a Baptist perspective. Hang in there. It's going to be all right. This stuff is good. Hit that like button. Check us out on YouTube. Hey, man. I'm on. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? It's good. Doing all right. So I uh, got an interesting uh, today, OTXNT. We're going to kind of do a little bit of a debrief of what went on in Anaheim last week. You and I were both there at the uh, 2022 Southern Baptist uh, Convention annual meeting. And uh, probably some of y'all have no clue what that is. If you listen to it, there might be some of y'all that know exactly. You've heard a lot of stuff. So we thought we'd give some of our take on that. Anything else I'm missing on this? Yeah, no, I think it's exciting uh, to talk about, you know, the Baptists make the news once a year because we really only exist as a convention two days a year. And then we all go back and we, we work on our churches. So it's kind of an interesting structure. And um, that's what you know, people are like, why are the Baptists in the news? It's because we just had our meeting and, exactly. and we're, all, we're all going to work our churches. I'm sorry, I'm coming from my home library. You know, it's just uh, just been collecting some books here. <laughs> but, it's a good um, set. So, yeah, sorry for the artificial background there. I'm just... Um, I'm fighting a, a little bit of a cold bug, but um, I didn't want everyone to, to see my, uh, my messy room here. So, um, <clears throat> but yeah, I, I think we got a lot of good things to talk about. So um, let's dive in. You let's wanna, do it. Let's start with the Lord's prayer as we normally do. And then we'll, we'll just talk about a number of things. Sure. Uh, <clears throat> Our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. All right. So give me your impressions. We're going into this. I, I didn't know really what to expect or how it was going to go down, but your general impressions, what did you expect? And then what were your thoughts as a whole of what just happened? Yeah, you know, uh, my first convention, I think, was Phoenix 2007, 2008, some, somewhere in there. I, I could be off by a few years. And um, I was so disappointed because I was ready for a, you know, really exciting uh, convention like the olden days when we were in the resurgence and everything was just a, a fight. And I was disappointed because it was just uh, easy going, smooth and, and no controversy. Uh, I think that those days have now uh, kind of circled back and, and there's a little bit more controversy these days. But I don't think that we're in the same type of um, opposition, you know, or divisive. Uh, people talk about how divided Baptists are, and we are divided on some things, but we're not like we were uh, in the Baptist resurgence days. Um, but we definitely have some things to get kind of um, worked up about. And, you know, uh, a lot of it, though, I think went fairly well. I, I, I've seen some, you know, tweets and some videos of people kind of, um, asking the question, is it time to leave the SBC and are, are we dodging some issues? And um, I understand all that. Overall though, I think generally um, there's some good people that, that are in place. And I think right now coming out of COVID, the sentiment I'm, I'm, I'm seeing is we do want to try to um, do right on some key issues that we have been trying to struggle with. And, um, and that's really the focus right now. I don't think the other issues that haven't really been addressed, maybe like I'd like to see them, um, are going away. I just think right now it's um, the sentiment is let's let's focus on 
um, the sexual abuse task force and the things that are going on there. Uh, racial reconciliation has been a major theme. And I think that it's um, maybe helpful that we haven't bitten off too many things at once. There's obviously some concerns about the CRT stuff. And, and then the big, I think, thing that, that came out was where do Baptists stand on women uh, with the title pastor, uh, even in a complementarian church? Uh, is it uh, in fitting with the Baptist faith message to have, say, a women's pastor of youth or a women's pastor of worship? Um, and I, I think that we're going to have to make a decision on this. And, and that is, of course, being spearheaded by Rick Warren and his decision to ordain uh, women uh, uh, last year, I think. So, yeah, <clears throat> I think I take a similar take to you. I think, um, yeah, I think really, I think going into it, I expected that the big thing that we were going to have to deal with was the uh, the sexual abuser report because we had that 300 page document that dropped before. And when you read that, by the way, I mean, half, part of that is there's a lot of people that are not even Southern Baptists that are on that. It's disheartening, um, nonetheless, to read that. And I think local churches, you know, the good news that's coming out of this is that it seems like there's going to be a lot more resources for local churches to deal with stuff like that. Uh, because I think you and I both know it's like it's one of those things where when something terrible happens, you know, unless you've been hardened in the ministry and at it for years, you're usually at a point as a church, you're like, okay, we got to figure out what to do. And usually you reach out to someone who has gone through it already. And so I think that's something that I'm, I'm very hopeful that's coming out. I know there was a big debate about how it was to be done and what the best way to move forward is. Uh, but, uh, and, but, you know, what's done is done on that. I think, you know, hopefully that comes out of there is a great set of resources um, you know, and there's some debate about, you know, what people's thoughts are on, on having a, you know, a website and another new task force for all of that. But, um, I do like what I'm seeing, you know, with, with local conventions trying yeah. to say, Hey, we want to provide better help. And I know where we're at, uh, we're already seeing proactive movement to say, we want to help churches if this is, if this takes place. Right. And I think that's where that's really going to take, that's going to be helpful. But, but to me, man, I feel like, the thing that stole, in my opinion, the thing that stole the the show while we were there was the ordination of women question brought on by Saddleback. Um, to me, that was the one that that I think and I don't know. My read was we were going to deal with the sexual abuse thing and we were going to deal with and, you know, President Lytton wanted to do the racial reconciliation piece. But I really think what ended up being the biggest distraction uh, was the whole ordination of women question and what was botched, uh, the response that was, I think, botched by the, by the committee, um, credentials committee on yeah. that, right? So that's kind of where I think I'd like to talk for a few minutes because I think this piece is going to be the big piece that's it's this is the one that people are asking is this the reason why be because here's the reality is on the sexual abuse report thing like you look at that there's baptist churches there's non-baptist churches that it crosses the line uh, of all church lines there's i don't think there's any denomination or any group that has you know no issues with it that's just always going to be an issue with people especially when it comes to sexual sins um, and it's sad that you would say that leaders in ministry are going to be that way. But if you look at that report too, it ain't just pastors. 
um, and youth pastors, which is a ton of that, right? But it's also things like people who are just volunteers at a church. And you would hope that that's not in the church, but it's there. And, you know, and I'm glad we're going to deal with it, you know, and, and churches, at least it's on the radar for churches to say, how can we be better equipped to deal with that? But I think that, I think all the attention and all the drama came really from the first conversation, which is, what do we do with Saddleback? So what do you think? Is that a fair assessment or did you see it differently? Yeah, no, I think, um, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's interesting because you can kind of go in with your, your fist step ready. Like we got a fight and uh, we, we've got some things that were on this side or that side. And, and I, I did find myself kind of throughout the, the conference trying to say, you know, these are my brothers and sisters. I'm yeah. closer to these people than anybody, <laughs> than any other uh, denomination, uh, any other Christians. And so it was kind of an interesting feel because you have that, kind of um, tension between the things that you want to see uh, on the forefront. Uh, and I think all of us were kind of surprised to see that credentials recommendation in the, uh, in the book uh, of reports, basically saying we want to kick the can on dealing with Saddleback and create a task force or spend a year studying what the word pastor means to our, to our churches and then versus a lead pastor. And of course, the Baptist Faith and Message has no distinction between lead pastor and associate pastor and, and all of those things. And it does let you know that the drift has already occurred. And, and people have been pointing the flashlight on this for a little while. Uh, <clears throat> that you, uh, you're, you're calling ladies pastors because they are over certain ministries, but those ministries might be limited to women and children, which I think is a biblical uh, place for women to serve and, and minister. However, the office of pastor is not limited to senior pastor or lead pastor. It's anybody who's going to be a pastor in that sense. Uh, I think that's the way we've always understood it. And, and you're saying, okay, this is the way we're sneaking this in the back door. Um, and I think the, the issue is it's, uh, you know, the slippery slope is something everybody hates to talk about. But once you ordain a woman as a pastor, even if she's over um, women's ministry, uh, how long is it until she is no longer just under women's ministry and she begins preaching on your Sunday service, such as Beth Moore, you know, and you end up going in a direction that um, because we don't have a distinction of types of ordination, um, even the ordination of deacon, if you have deaconesses, that, that kind of opens up a can too, because uh, there, there is no distinction of um, classes of ordination. And, and as far as the IRS sees it, it's, are you ordained or are you not? Um, so th these are things that I think we, we kind of had some clear understandings in 2000, um, but it's just kind of stuck in the back door a little bit. And the issue people don't want to address is it's not just Saddleback that has women. They're the tip of the iceberg. And so how many people are going to either have to, you know, change the titles. <laughs> um, now I, I didn't know if people ordaining now that's now that I think is something that I, I, I didn't really expect that a lot of Baptist churches might be ordaining women to, um, to pastoral ministry. I, I think that uh, might come as a surprise if we find out that that's a lot of places. That's one of the, one of the issues that Saddleback raised is they didn't just say we've got women serving this role, ministers to women or whatever. Uh, they ordained women elders. Um, th that's uh, a bridge too far. And that's why it came up. I believe it was last convention that someone said we need to investigate the possibility of disfellowshipping Saddleback. Yeah. So they've had a year and now they want to kick the can and, and do a study. I think Al Mulder is the one that came in and, and kind of shut that down. He uh, saved which, the day on that. And I think changed the temperature in the room when Al stepped in. Yeah. It's um, 
man, God bless Al Mohler. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, but, and he was on the committee. He says, look, when we did this, we used the word pastor because this was the most commonly used word. And, you know, I think uh, there was an insinuation with um, uh, Rick Warren basically saying the gifting of pastor versus the office of pastor. And I, I he didn't really want to get into a defense because what he did was indefensible in regards to the Baptist faith. And message. Yeah, I've never heard that before. Yeah. In my life that we have that there's a there's a difference. There's a gift of pastoring and then there is a office of pastor. Yeah. But when you ordain someone, you're ordaining them to an office. You're not ordaining them to a giftedness. And so yeah. that, that's the thing that um, it just didn't hold uh, even. That was the only attempt I think he tried to make of uh, of this is a secondary issue because he's talking about the distinction between giftedness and office of. Of course, most of us would understand that the office of pastor um, is uh, usually reserved for those that are gifted to pastor. And, uh, you know, it doesn't mean that yeah. there's not people that are gifted to caring for others or shepherding in some way. Yeah. But, um, there's an absolute hard line between that and, and pastoring. So, um, but I think what Al, Pol, Al Mohler showed was if we open this up where we can actually go and change the vocabulary of every word in the Baptist faith and message, then it doesn't mean anything. And so if we have to create a study group to say, well, what do we really mean by pastor? Where does it stop? What do we really mean by Lord's Day? What do we really mean by any number of the things that we have in the Baptist faith and message? Um, so, and then there was the amendment. You want to speak to that amendment? Do you, do you remember much about what? Yeah, I mean, essentially the, what Adam Greenway of Southwestern wanted to bring up is he wanted to strike all the language related to uh, look, you're defining what a woman pastor would be to really just saying we should define what what it means to associate with the Southern Baptist Convention. Like, where do we draw the line? Would could you see people essentially and this is my interpretation of it? Could something like a Saddlebacks SBC in origin with ordained women, um, you know, eventually say, you know, you know, um, oh, we want to still. Well, you know, even maybe they didn't start as SBC, but they want to become as SBC, some, something like that. I know Saddleback was planted SBC, um, but to say, you know, hey, we want to associate with you. Wh where do we draw the line? Right. But we have women pastors. Like, so that's what essentially his wanted to be is let's create a group to say, let's definitively talk about who can associate with the church. The problem was that murky the water and it didn't deal with the issue of the pastor right then and there. I actually think his his. Um, motion to 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 have that which we voted down uh which and i'm glad we did I, I actually think that is a smart thing to put in eventually for someone to to address that to say what are the standards by which you can associate with the southern baptist convention um you know can you will we let people do it because the truth is saddleback is the tip of the iceberg on that um there are many churches that are that are doing that they're they're they've already got women pastors they claim to be sbc uh and i think we're seeing that i think we would if we pulled back the curtain we'd see a lot more of that in a lot more of our sbc entities too of churches and works that are being funded like that saddleback is just part of it and so i do think it's worth saying will we associate will we commit to works uh and partner with works that where that's the case uh, but that didn't deal with the issue which is what does the Bible actually say? And that was the point, is that we don't need to go back and redefine or have a study session. And I think a study session from that group, too, on what word pastor is, uh, you know. Yeah. So that, that was my take on what happened with, uh, with Greenway there. 
Yeah, I, and I think the most encouraging thing was the, the voting of that down, which left the credentials committee with really no clear path uh, because they were not prepared. Uh, and again, you're always kind of impressed with um, the behind the scenes things from the platform or from wherever, you know. Uh, and now Rick Warren showed up and we're going to have a, a, a random moment where we pause everything and let him speak to something, which um, I, I didn't mind it. But again, as, as, as much as things were being controlled point of order. It did um, seem like there were people that they had placed at different <clears throat> moments to bring in with things yeah. got hot, you know, and I, I, I don't mind him speaking to uh, the defense. Of course, he didn't do that. He basically said, you know, this will be my last convention, I'm sure. And, and so let me go ahead and just tell you how much I love you. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it was it was impressive uh, to some degree of, of how they um, kind of moved things a little bit. And, and again, I'm, I'm not angry about it. I just always am kind of in awe. Um, yeah. But yeah, he's um, there's just such a and, and Saddleback is just such an interesting structured church anyway. Uh, you know, um, again, I'm glad that they've affiliated with the SBC all this time. Um, they, they kind of are so large, they kind of do their own thing. Yeah. But this this needs to be addressed. And I, I think that what we saw from the messengers is we absolutely do not believe women should be pastors. And what the credentials committee is putting forward here is dodging, uh, dodging the question. I think it's what people felt like. And this amendment basically isn't going to pass. And this uh, recommendation is not going to pass, which basically left the credentials committee either um, they needed to make a ruling or what they did is they just kind of held it. And so um, be very, very interesting. I, I think there's going to be a very trying uh, moment here for the credentials committee to decide what are they going to do? Because clearly Saddleback, as far as I'm concerned, is out of compliance with the Baptist faith message yeah. on an issue that was a considerably significant issue during the Baptist resurgence. This was why we added this language to the Baptist faith and message. So um, anyway, you know, we'll have to see. I do think it also could be tied a little bit to the sex abuse task force. And this is um, the, the reason is what is your uh, fortitude? to make hard decisions because we're gonna be tasking the credentials committee with disbarring churches potentially that aren't doing enough with regard to uh, reporting um, abuse, reporting, uh, pushing for investigations of abuse. And so we're supposed to believe that the task force is going to be the vehicle by which we disassociate churches uh, as a result of uh, failure to comply. And I'm not very encouraged by the weakness in pushing compliance with regards to this issue. Um, and I, I think that that's something that we have to consider because I think we live in a culture where nobody wants to be the bad guy. And I think that is permeating everything. And the reality is nobody wants to get rid of our largest Southern Baptist church, right? Um, Saddleback, like, I, I don't know how you count their numbers, you know, but if Rick does it, he's got a million pastors he's trained. Um, but uh, however you do it, it, it it's, really something that nobody wants to see happen, but it must happen. And, you know, I'm sorry. It's one of those things that it is unfortunate that we've been putting this position, but the Southern Baptist convention didn't do this. This was Saddleback that did this and, yeah. you know, and Rick Warren's leaving and he's putting in uh, a man and a woman um, pastor team uh, to take over after him. And, and so it, it's, it's, there's no repentance or apology or clarification even really being offered. It is, this is what we're going to do. We think this is a minor issue. Get over it. I agree, man. And I think um, and I do hope that there's some clarity that's going to come from this eventually, because I think this is where the shakedown begins to take place is if they waffle on this, 
um, you're going to see people say, okay, this might be, this might be the time, right? When you begin to, to open that up, um, that there is a trend, right? You do get, to, you do tend to see that once that starts taking place in a denomination, um, there, there seems to be a, a downward spiral that comes with that. Um, and uh, look, I just want to say this though, too. And I think maybe, you know, I've dressed in another video. We have to go back and see, but look, the issue is not, do I think women are capable leaders, right? Like that's not, that's not the issue. The issue is what does Paul mean when he says something like this in first Timothy chapter two, verse 12, I do not allow a woman to teach or to have authority over a man. Instead, she is to remain quiet, right? Now, some people like to say, Andrew, you're a New Testament guy. People like to say, well, you know, that is a cultural thing uh, that that Paul's doing. That's just at their time, uh, you know, that women aren't supposed to teach men. And that's just Paul's thing. And then some might just say, well, Paul was a sexist. You know, I don't think our hermeneutics should include that one. Uh, but there are a lot of people, good people say well, that's a cultural thing. There's a problem, though, with that. Correct. There's a problem with the fact that the next two things that he says. For Adam was formed first, then Eve and Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and transgressed. And it says goes on to say, but she will be saved through childbearing if they continue in faith, love, holiness and good sense. What does that tell us is what Paul is meaning by this? You yeah. who have the background on that well and again it's it's just it's unpopular with culture today but the bible tends to typically be unpopular <laughs> on a lot of things with culture today the, the reality is paul grounds this it actually comes out of an argument where he says you know i advise all men everywhere to do such and such and then likewise the women and he moves on to the ladies and he, he forbids them to to teach or have authority over a man which um, I believe is the pastoral office, although it may extend to other contexts. At, at the very least, it's the pastoral office, and and then it, it, yeah, it's grounded in the it's grounded in creation that Adam is created first, and then and then Eve, and then it's grounded in the fall. It, it's it's pre-fall, post-fall, and post-redemption. That this is the means that God has established for His church and for our mutual pursuit of holiness, uh, men and women. And so it, it's one of these things that it's just. Um, it doesn't sit well with people that have grown up in the West who have seen women prime ministers. Uh, we almost saw Hillary Clinton win the presidency and, and there's, and we're all supposed to cheer for those things, you know, breaking the glass ceilings. Um, but then the church stands is this one place where we say, well, that's just, it's, it's not permissible. And it's not because we are anti-women. It's because Paul gives us guidance and apostles speaking by the Holy spirit in, in the word of God, <laughs> you know, God breathes word. Uh, tells us that this is the, the purpose for the church and this is the structure for the church. And he's not alone. Peter tells us very similar information as well. And, and, then, and then we only have, you know, 1,900 years of pretty um, uniform practice with regard to every Christian denomination uh, until we get into the feminist movement and we start pushing back on these things. And so, uh, yes, we have to respond to culture. We, we do have to understand scripture um, and, and revisit it and be careful exegetes, but there's nothing here that is hard to understand. Yeah. And, um, and, and so either the church, uh, the Holy Spirit, let the church err on this forever. And we, we just are trying to get it right now. Um, or, you know, we actually have been doing this pretty accurately and, and it has to do with so much. And, and there's so many great arguments and understandings of, of why God has done things the way he's done it. Um, but even if God didn't give us any reason and just said, don't do this, then are you going to be obedient 
or not, you know? Yeah. Um, and so th this is one of those things that is difficult. I, I have wonderful women in my life that are, are, are excellent. They, they work hard, um, more organized than I am <laughs> capable in ways that I'm not capable. Um, this is not a knock on any of those wonderful women that I'm aware of. This is just a matter of us being obedient to scripture and recognizing that, that God has established a distinctive role for men as well as for women. And I think, I think you're, you're spot on with that. I think two things about this passage, you know, where it says she's remained quiet. I don't think that's meaning like she has no place in church. You've already see actually right before in that, right. That it talks about, um, uh, well, actually, is it before, where was it? We're talking about, yeah. So that there's, um, Paul talks about like pri uh, prophesying. Oh, that's in our head coverings passage that we did. Yeah. There's prophesying with heads, you know? So there's like, there's a, um, there's a place for that uh, in the church. We're talking about in the worship service of teaching, uh, teaching men, the mixed groups. Uh, that's just not the way it's to be. And the ultimate authority in your church is Christ, but he's going to work through, he's ordained that a, a godly man will be the pastor. I also think it's implied um, that uh, right after this in uh, chapter three, you know, you look at it all and they talk about what the overseer must be like. And then it talks about afterwards uh, what uh, what his wife, you know, uh, and for the deacon and then his family. And then it talks about wives. Right. Uh, in verse 11. And so kind of um, and it talks about that, you know, the deacon is husband of one wife, the overseer's husband of one wife. And the implication is we're dealing with men, too. And that just flowed right out after that. Um and so I do think that biblically speaking, you're seeing it's a pretty strong case to say this is men. And I think the spiral that I that I mentioned before is that my take on that is not that they're incapable. It's that I think that God is not blessing works when he when we decide that we're going to structure things the way that we want to structure them. And we'd say, I know you've said this, but, you know, this 2022 and we're a lot different. We need to structure it the way that we should. Um, I don't think uh, the works are blessed that way. When you begin to monkey with the way that he has decided he wants his church to be, I don't think you're going to find blessing. I think you will find more of a spiral. Uh, so that's kind of my take on this part as well. Um, what, else, what do you think, man? Yeah, and I think, you know, I've been concerned really with the complementarian arguments for quite a while that, that basically as long as you have some guy at the top, women can do everything. And, and I think that that's, you know, and then you heard a few years ago, again, we've been trying to address some of these issues since, you know, uh, forever. <laughs> but 2018, um, when we had Beth Moore and, and kind of her real push on some things and really accusing everybody that had the positions you and I are holding as, as, as being motivated by misogyny. Um, you know, it was, it was kind of frustrating to see where that went, but, um, this idea of soft, soft complementarianism, which is, it's not even a thing. Um, it's just egalitarianism trying to be, be sneaky about it. Really. Um, the reality is I'm not even so sure that the Bible's complementarian in the way that we're using it anymore. Um, and, and it's something that I think we need to really assess. I was listening to someone recently and they were talking about the issue that we have with complementarianism and basing things in roles of men's roles and women's roles is not addressing nature and that men are, are, are different than women in, in nature. And I think that that's an important discussion as well. And the reality is that every denomination that's opened the door to women pastors has moved continually towards 
the cultural impetus. And so it's not long after women pastors that you end up with um, loosening of our position on LGBTQ. And, and that is something that I, I think that, I don't know why it is, but I, I think that there is a difference between men and women and, and um, being willing to be confrontational and in our wiring. Um, we just flat out are, are called to do different things. And I think God knows that. And there's a lot of people who are speaking to this. And again, um, you can always find an exception to the rule, but the reality is that there are some hardwired differences between men and women. And I think God intends those, uh, especially in that office of pastor. And then we also just see the headship structure and, and we look at the statistics. You know, if, if men are leading the homes to Christ, to church, the statistics are much better that the children will retain the faith. If mom's just doing it and dad's not involved, the statistics drop off. If dad's not even present, the statistics drop off. And, and so God has designed men to lead. And um, he's also designed women to follow. And, and these are some things that we could do a, a whole different discussion on. But I think that there, there's something here that really does need to be pushed back because I think we have been very lax in a lot of churches with regard to um, women's roles, um, trying to basically grant them everything other than just the title pastor. And in the last 10 years, I think that's where you saw a lot of churches say, well, they're basically pastoring, but they're just pastoring this small yeah. piece. And, um, you know, so we, we've let it slide too long and that's how we've gotten this far. Well, I think, and I think you're right. I think we have to look at, I think Paul makes clear role distinctions in first Corinthians 11, when he starts talking about and that all gets blurred because he wants to deal with head coverings there, but the role, there's a role for men and women, even in the church of how that's going to play out. Um, I, I think that what happens sometimes, this is what you and I have been talking about is the, the, the interpretive lens that we use to get away from this, to say that it's not just the way that Paul meant, that these distinctions he makes of, of head coverings, no head coverings, roles that women play with teaching, men teaching, um, the, the, the interpretive lens that is often used to get us to more of a, um, you know, a, a level playing field, so to speak, or some sort of where, where it doesn't really matter. You can have women pastors and you can have, uh, that comes from once you begin to say, well, that was that time and we're here today. And it, most of the time it doesn't sound that terrible, but there is this piece that I, that I absolutely hate. And I think you get there so easily when you begin to say, well, these are cultural. Um, and, and this is not, this is culture to, to Paul's time, regardless of whether it's cultural. He said, it's for us. And so we need to figure that out. We need to work on what's the best way to honor this text. And I think that's a way that you get to, once you open that door that this is a cultural thing, then I think everything else beyond that begins to take place. Because you can't just say, well, we're only going to say it's cultural when it comes to how the church is structured. Once you've opened the door to cultural things, you begin to see, you can open that door to on everything else as well. So I think that's part of where that comes is we just write everything off as cultural at this point. There's not much left to hold on to. Yeah, and, and especially for Baptists and Protestants that do not have a standing tradition that can um, correct like scripture. If we find ways to work around scripture through hermeneutical gymnastics, like, oh, it's just cultural. Oh, it was uh, only for that church. It was only for this. Um, what, what we end up doing is detaching ourselves from any grounding. And um, especially 
with a church without a magisterium, you're, you're just going to go wholeheartedly where culture takes you then because you have no, no footing. And there's yeah. no passage that you can't get around um, if you are willing to sabotage the clear meaning of the text. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think um, Baptists, we, we have some work to do on this. I, I think the convention, I was greatly encouraged by the messengers voting down that recommendation. And yeah. it is back in the credentials hands and they, they know what the messengers want. We want a ruling on this. And uh, I think that we hopefully won't have to wait a year because they, they do meet throughout the year, the credentials committee. Um, and I, I hope that they will each, I don't know if it starts with this uh, fellowshipping, maybe it starts with a uh, corrective letter or something saying this is out of compliance with the Baptist faith message and we need you to get in compliance or, or disassociate. Yeah. Um, you know, I, there, there can be levels to this, but the, the truth is that we don't like to handle this at the SBC level. We like to handle it more at the local association level where there's a closer relationship and there's a connection that, that's there. Um, but we've kind of been killing our associations off um, over the last several years, uh, kind of through our shift in um, church planning and, and focus. And, and what that has done is it has made the national SBC and the state SBCs uh, more powerful, I guess, or um, logically the, the next point of uh, addressing an issue. And I, I think that that's how Ed Litton tried to address this last year was that's an associational issue. That's not the big SBC issue. However, if we're going to use the big SBC again to address sexual uh, assault, abuse, and, and have them disfellowship, then we ought to have some disfellowshipping guidance that, that actually does say this is the steps. Because I don't remember the last time a church was disfellowshipped. I, I mean, I'm sure it happens, but um, it's not like we do this very often from the, the convention level. No. And uh, usually churches disagree with us. They just leave. Uh, right yeah. now, Rick Warren's pushing. Are you really going to kick me out? That, that's what um, is kind of sinister about this. He ought to just leave. Um, but anyway, it, it's, it's interesting. But I was encouraged by the messengers. Um, I, I don't think it's time to, to walk away at this point. No, and I think that was the, that was the to me, the, the glimmer of hope from it all um, in how it was. Uh, with the convention is that we, we, we took a stand on that. I, I will say this, regardless of, you know, of how things shake out, you know, people went there and, you know, you've got your candidates that you want to vote for of who you think would be better at leading in the next, uh, you know, the, the good news in all of this is when, as a Southern Baptist, when you come home, um, you know, the, when I got home, I had to make sure I was ready for Sunday. And what happens for the next year here is is all that I need to worry about. What happened? You know, that what was taking place there is really not going to have much bearing on us at this church, and that's the cool thing about that belonging to a convention. We're not a denomination in that sense of like where you know somebody calls the shots of what's happening here, and at some point we're going to have to have a quota of you know, of women past, if they ever, you know, what I mean, like, you know I mean, like, there's none of that where there's no fears of whatever happens in that regard, however, that's going to play out. What happens here is for us in our local congregation. And the reality is, we could say at some point, yeah, that's just not where we're at. And you can bow out, you're not forced on anything in the convention. I think that's what all churches are going to have to do is as things go on, you're just going to have to see and I think that's the honorable thing to do, too, is to say, I want to determine whether I think I should associate still not. I'll wait for them to disfellowship me from from this. Um, yeah. But but, you know, regardless of how it all played out, you know, it's good to be back to normalcy 
here where you're not having their passions aren't running high and you've got uh, you've got more than enough work on your hands at the church here um, before you ever have to go back and it'll be in New Orleans next year. So um, I I, I will. Yeah. yeah. You say that's a that's a good point, too. This is. um, People that are kind of outside um, and the truth is, I don't know that we're all that insiders, but we we're insider more than probably a lot of people watching this. Um, an Anaheim convention is typically a lower attended convention because Southern Baptists are still strongest in the Southeast. And so a lot of the things that went down, um, it, it, it may not be that in a year uh, because you're going to have a whole different level of representation from churches next year that you didn't have. And so I saw Todd Friel, I think, was talking about um, the politics with regards to the presidency and how Tom Askell lost, you know, 60 to 40 this year, but last year. Um, it was much tighter uh, between the, the two factions. And part of that is, again, it's um, West Coast, East Coast. And the reality is it's a lot more expensive to get from Florida to um, California. And, you know, Louisiana is going to be an interesting convention, I think. Um, generally, you know, I didn't want to get too much into the, the presidency and the politics with regard to that. But um, whatever you've seen, you know, um, you're, you're, you're seeing kind of a more of a West Coast, and I would say a larger NAM representation SBC meeting than you will see when it's on the East Coast. You're going to have much more local pastors at an East Coast meeting than you're going to have in an Anaheim meeting. Mm. Um, and, and that's just something just to be aware of. And, and I, I think, again, he, he made some good points on his discussion, and I think it was good, but I think he missed that reality that um, the, the North American Mission Board gets a lot more people to come out as a result of they have to be there. <laughs> And so a lot of the staff come as messengers. Uh, and so uh, a lot of the people that were present last year didn't make it all the way out to Anaheim. And so that does shape the politics. Um, but even in spite of all of that, I think we were very grounded, again, on the women uh, situation. And, yeah. and uh, nothing really happened that, that made me upset, um, angry, or frustrated. I, um, I didn't win every vote that I was hoping for. Uh, overall, I think there was a lot of good things that happened. Um, I think uh, Bart Barber is going to be a, a great guy. You know, uh, we'll, we'll see what he has to do as, as president. I saw um, Tom Askell congratulated him after he won. Um, I thought that was very con- congenial and um, a good sign because I think, I think a lot of people do look to Askell and, and question whether or not, you know, are, are you going to stay? And if, if, if you leave and the founders group leaves, you know, will there be a mass exodus? And I think James White was talking like, that's what you're going to start seeing. And I don't think we're there yet. And I think that's what I don't think I so just, uh, I'd like to say is don't bail yet. You know, there, there's nothing that terrible that happened. And, and on top of it, there was some really good racial reconciliation things that took place that, that, that just kind of show the heart of the Southern Baptist Convention. We're not um, opposed. We're, we're, we're not uh, bigoted. We're, we, we love all, all Christians everywhere. We love all people everywhere. Yeah. I think there were some good highlighted moments there and, um, uh, the, the truth is we're trying to tackle a lot of things at once. And I think the reality is that we can only handle so much bandwidth of, of issues. And the major ones really have been on the racial reconciliation piece and the sexual abuse. The other issues matter. And I think we're going to circle back to those. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm encouraged. You know, there's something about singing with brothers and sisters in Christ. Yeah. And nothing's better than the Southern Baptist Convention where you have some guy who pastors a church of eight, who nominates himself for the second vice presidency. That was the one I was most disappointed with when he didn't win. Yeah. I mean, it, it was so great. Um, it was awesome. but again, like, you it know, that's, cool. we're such a unique 
thing that yeah. you see and it's really a, a great thing to see and he i mean he got he got a third of the votes on the first round he got he, a half afterwards yeah, yeah so <laughs> but i will say you know and, and that is a cool thing and, and i do think that um you know i, I think these conversations are not going to go away uh, but this was not a liberal versus conservative thing this go round like this was even in the presidency thing this was not a we have a we have a really liberal candidate or anything that we're worried about in that regard and that's that's what i've heard from everybody who knows him too uh who was worried because i think what's happened is you have a tom askell everybody knows where tom askell's at um and uh if you've not you can look at founders ministries and and i like those guys um, but i think there was a tendency to say oh we have our conservative we have a liberal i don't think it was that way the, the playing field was not a we have only two extreme options right um I, so it's it was not even that um, in my opinion, is not even that huge of a deal in terms of um, how the presidency went. We, we didn't have anything bad like that. Like I said, to me, leaving that is that uh, two things I think um, we came out is I think we have to do a better job of knowing why we believe what we believe and how we interpret the Bible. And that came from that. But the other thing I think it's important is it, for me is I think I put a lot more emphasis upon needing to be there. Right. It's one thing to just throw stones and to talk about like what's going on and is it time to pull out and all of that stuff. I, I think we've got to go. If you're concerned and then we should fight to keep it. Right. Uh, and and there might come a day when the fight's over. Right. But until yeah. then, don't just watch YouTube videos and hear what's going on. I think every pastor should try to find budget for at, when yeah. we do budgeting at the end of this year and say, I'm going to be in New Orleans next year. I want to make sure I'm there so that I can be part of this conversation and cast my little ballot that, uh, yeah. you know, on that. So that that was my big takeaway is I, I can't not sit. I, I can't sit back now. I have to go and we have to do this. We have to fight every time we do it because, you know, we want to see our convention stay on track and not be a distraction to us. Because I think that's what it comes down to, Andrew, is it has the ability, depending on what happens, to eventually become a distraction to the local body here. Um, mm. and, and that's what I don't want. Let's, let's keep it yeah. going so that it's not a distraction for what we have to do here. So that was my take. I had a lot yeah. of fun. I want to go back, though. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it was fun. It was, uh, you know, I, I enjoy the, the tense moments. I really do, especially when you're really, at the end of the day, arguing about um, different colors, <laughs> different shades of the same color. I mean, we're, we're really not necessarily fighting uh, about major issues even, even when we agree the outcome uh, even with this women thing I, I think generally we all agree with the outcome we, we just aren't sure how to get there and maybe I'm wrong maybe we don't all agree uh, but that that gets shown up and we'll have to see how it plays out but at, at the end of the day it, it really is still a wonderful convention uh, we train the vast majority of all seminary students um, the Southern Baptist Convention does um, we we have a massive mission influence throughout the world um, it's worth fighting for and we are in a really interesting moment in our history in America and throughout the world. And so, yeah, uh, it, it, we need some of the commitment that, that, that existed 30 years ago when you would have 40,000 people at the, at the convention and, um, you, you know, just people really fighting for the soul of the convention. And if you're concerned, yeah, uh, find a way to get there. Um, yeah, for, for my church, I asked in the budget last year, I'm like, you know, I, I, I feel like we've got some things that are important. I, I think I need to go with the church set aside some money for me to go and they were happy to do so. And I, I think that uh, you ought to um, 
make that proposal yourself. And there might be ways to do that in your church that are different than mine. But uh, the church was happy. You know, I, I was bummed because I got a cold coming back and I wasn't at the church, but they're excited to find out what, yeah. what my thoughts are and, and all of that. At the end of the day, they don't really care that much because they're just loving Jesus at Swan and Glen in Tucson, you know? Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, uh, it, it was fun. I, I enjoyed it. And yeah, I didn't win every vote, but at the end of the day, I think God um, is glorified still through the Southern Baptist Convention. I, I think, and I think so too. I think there's some petty little comments every now and then from like people on the floor and that didn't need to be there. Um, yeah. But I will say this. I think if you're watching this and you're not a pastor, you should go on behalf of your church as a messenger. How many people actually come to you ever and be like, I'd like to be a messenger and go to the convention? Never. Yeah. I mean, I got a couple people that are like old, retired, and they think about wanting to do that. Like, but that is the rarity that I have anybody ever, ever like that we could send our full capacity of, uh, of messengers. We should. So, you know, have some fun, make it a, make it a trip for your family and go as a messenger and, and do part of it. I think anybody should, if you're a member of an SBC church to go for it too. Yeah. And I, when it's in Phoenix, you know, get the bus together and, and grab everybody that get the full slate and go, you know, the, there's some fun things that, that can be done. Um, and I think that's part of the reason that when it's in the Southeast, you get a larger um, number just because we have more Southern Baptist churches. But um, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's fun. Again, I think there's some other issues that we could talk about in another video. Not today. Uh, yeah. At, at the end of the day, I, I think um, I, I'm overall encouraged despite not winning several votes that I, I wanted to win. <laughs> and, and that's okay, you know, um, because I, I do think we have godly people that are in place and, uh, and we spoke clearly as messengers on some points of concern. So, yeah, yeah. I would agree. Well, Hey, I think this is a good time to close it, man, because otherwise we're just going to continue. You and me are going to continue to talk about it. And uh, so why don't we close it? And then we'll, uh, we, when we get together again, we'll do a new topic. It might be one of these topics that we need to talk about from this. You know, I know we got really a, a little bit into the women pastoring thing, but um, maybe for another time. We should do it. We'll come back. We'll be back at it. You know, it's spotty this summer because of everything going on with camps and stuff like that. But we'll get regular again soon enough on this. Well, you want me to close us out? Yeah, close us out. Let's do it. Let's close together. Um, may the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look with favor on you and give you peace. All right. Hey. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And uh, man, Andrew, we'll talk to you a little bit later then. All right. Take care. Goodbye.